Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. If you like what you're hearing, why not try a StephCast subscription? Only $4.95 a month if you buy a year in advance. Go to stephaniemiller.com to find out how. Well, they can't all be. Hi, Frank. Good morning. <laughs> Uh-oh, I can't oh. hear Frank. Oh, no. Uh-oh. My okay. life is a bitter, empty hell. Oh, Hang no. on, Frank. Hang on. Oh, my God. This is really, this is the Mondayest of all Mondays. It, it really is. Really. Yeah. At Did least, I mention? At, at least we're not going to have a Monday next Monday. That's right. Well, that's right. We have off Memorial <laughs> that's right. Day. Right. NBC National Security Analyst and host of the Bureau. Here he is. Frank, good morning. Second time's a charm. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> um, Frank, a lot, a lot, a lot of bombshells, right? On, uh, I don't know which is the most significant legally, but I often think of you because I'll see a story and I'll be like, wouldn't you or I be getting a visit from the FBI over this? Um, what, what is most significant? Let, let's talk about Ginny Thomas, because that's obviously a big story, right? I mean, uh, this is a, who tweeted this. Are you kidding me? Ginny Thomas pressed Arizona lawmakers to reverse the 2020 election by installing a clean slate of electors uh, being subpoenaed. Ginny Thomas should go to jail. What, what is your take on this? Because I is the argument that it's just rude to subpoena a Supreme Court justice's wife? What, what is the legal argument? Um, there is no legal argument precluding the select committee or, for that matter, the sitting grand jury um, in the District of Columbia from subpoenaing the Supreme Court's wife. And I, I've got to tell you, while I know we're all focused on, on Ginny, Mm-hmm. and her shenanigans, uh, which now have turned likely I- illegal. Um, and the discovery, by the way, that Clarence is the godfather of the Arizona yes. uh, official that uh, Ginny was trying to persuade. Um, I'm focused squarely on Clarence himself. Uh, yeah. There is no greater argument yet, although maybe this week we'll even get a greater one, yeah. that Supreme Court Justice Thomas absolutely needs to recuse himself. There is no yeah. if, and, or buts. And the Chief Justice Roberts needs to sit him down and tell him you're out of anything that touches the January 6th or Trump. Yeah. I well, um, Someone else tweeted, it's now a good time to remind everyone that several of the country's most respected legal scholars say Clarence Thomas should resign over his wife's extensive collusion in trying to overturn the 2020 election. Um, here's the good news. The January 6th committee reportedly has Jenny Thomas's phone records. So talk to us about that, because there had been a story last week that they were kind of backburnering Jenny Thomas with everything else going on. Well, wouldn't this front burner her, Frank? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, indeed. And don't forget, the DOJ has asked for the transcripts of all records and interviews that uh, the select committee has done. So presumably that would also include the phone records 
of Jenny Thomas. So uh, at a theater near you, DOJ prosecutors will have access to her phone records. And where does that go from there? Well, for anyone who's studied and assessed uh, the, the network of the, the kind of spider web that develops when you're looking at someone's phone records, uh, inevitably they're going to involve her husband. And the question mark over all our heads is as Trump has been bashing the deep state now for five or six years, wouldn't it be something if the deep state actually reached into the Supreme Court and involved the far right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So you also, uh, you commented on the uh, Justice Department requesting transcripts from the January 6th committee. You said this is what we call evidence collection. So what is your take on all that? Because obviously we've heard a million different things about why is J6 going first and are they cooperating with Justice Department? What's happening? What is your take on all that? Yeah, I actually see that. So I see the request as a positive, meaning, of course, the obvious that the, the DOJ is ready to receive this evidence. What, what do I mean by that? A lot of people saying, my God, they're going to have the committee do their work for them. They haven't been doing anything. They've been sitting on their hands. I, I see evidence, as, as Adam Show said, I see evidence to the contrary, um, because we know we have a grand jury sitting in D.C. We know they are subpoenaing uh, human beings. Um, Ali Alexander, for example, um, we know that A.G. Garland has said publicly, we will go wherever the facts bring us. As recently as two weeks ago, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco was at a University of Chicago forum. She was asked about the DOJ strategy, and she said, I mean, th this, I caught right onto this. She said, we've got over 800 people indicted, comma, and we're working our way up. That didn't okay. get enough media coverage, in my opinion, when the number two person of justice says, we're working our way up. So I think this is timing. I think they're saying to the committee, we are now in a position to receive everything you have and ready, comma, to act on it. Now, I also have no qualms with Benny Thompson saying, yeah, no, yeah, not not right now. You can look at it. Well, he said we're, we're not, not done. Our work product yeah. is not, we're don't, not done yet. So yeah, we're don't, not, yeah. Don't ruin, don't rain on the parade. We're still working this thing. Um, and for those who say, my God, this means there's been no prior communication up till now be or coordination between the committee and, and DOJ. I say good, because you know what's coming. The allegations that the DOJ is just a lackey for the committee or vice versa. Right. Well, apparently there's been a wall up and we sense that kind of frustration, right? With so Lofgren and Adam Schiff getting really perturbed at DOJ. That's a good thing. It's okay. The timing is right. Okay. All right. Good. Yay. I feel better. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. <laughs> um, you know, um, Frank, you've obviously been all over TV talking about Buffalo. I don't know if you know Buffalo is my hometown. You know, Tops is my supermarket. And, you know, all of us, 
are going to have some connection because, as you know, this is our number one uh, domestic threat is white supremacist terrorism. Um, you, uh, I didn't know some of the things you tweeted about. You said uh, just before the Buffalo shooting, 15 users signed on to this suspect's chat room. Um, we have a lot to talk about with all this, but let's talk about, you just said, what have we become before the Buffalo shooting began? Suspect invited others to review plans on Discord. Is that the what you're talking about? I'm I'm not as tech savvy as <laughs> some, let's just say. But just talk about that for a minute. The chat. Yeah, look, we, there's a, as the investigation unravels or, or pro progresses, we're learning more and more and particularly more about the role of various social media platforms. So we already knew, for example, that the shooter live streamed uh, his attack on Twitch. We know that he's posted his manifesto, so to speak, which I can't stand that word because it elevates someone's ramblings and craziness. Yeah. Uh, I prefer uh, rambling screed. But but now we learn that he actually went to a platform called Discord. There's a clue as to what that place is about, where you can go anonymously and invite people into private chat rooms. And, and it's voice, it's a video, it's text. And he uh, allegedly 15 people who received that invitation said, yeah, I'll check this out. And that gave them access to the live stream of the attack, it, all of his writings, all of his manifesto, but even more, his reasoning, his daily habits, and 15 people allegedly sat in there and saw this stuff. Now, we don't know yet whether they reported it, picked up the phone. But, you know, my comment, what have we become? We've become a society that says, hey, come out, come check me out as I ramble about killing people and then actually do it. Yeah. You know, Frank, you reviewed on Twitter because there's so many. Unfortunately, we forget them. But, you know, El Paso was racially motivated. You uh, talked about out here the sheriff and the uh, Orange County church shooting saying it was a politically motivated hate incident. Um, you, I, I'd forgotten. What's his name? Ethan Crumbly. Mm -hmm. You said school shooters mindset. Hopefully my shooting will cause Biden to get impeached. He wanted Joe Biden's uh, impeached records show. Um you know, you wrote a whole piece on this. You said Elon Musk's free speech collides with the reality of online radicalization. And you just said how the Buffalo shooting proves Elon Musk is the wrong person to lead Twitter. And the way you put it, Frank, was perfect. You said Elon's defin Musk's definition of free speech doesn't come with any responsibility. They don't want free speech. They want speech with no consequence, right, with no responsibility. This is the trap that the, that the far right wants you to fall into. And let, let me tell you, some of the most vile threats that I received were when that column was posted, um, implying that Elon Musk might not be the right guy to lead uh, Twitter. So why, why all those bots, trolls, death threats right, right after I write that column? Because every night on Fox News and other far right platforms, you get a steady diet of Either, either you're for free speech or you're not. Either, either you're for everybody being able to say absolutely anything, including that which incites people to kill, or you're against free speech. So I, it's personal for me. For 25 years, I carried a, a gun and a badge, and I worked on an oath to protect, preserve, and defend the Constitution. I am going to die for your right to free speech. But... Your free speech doesn't mean freedom from responsibility. And so what I said on TV the other day was, if Elon Musk is saying, I'll allow anything that's legal on Twitter, he better go spend a couple of days at the terrorism sections at FBI headquarters and see the radicalization that happens online at the speed of a keystroke, and then come away and tell me that he's gonna allow every single thing 
that's legal because everything in the God darn manifesto of the, of the Buffalo shooter was pretty much legal, but yet it's all radicalization yeah. and it leads to death. Yeah, well, that's what you said. You said between the lines between free speech, dangerous speech, and unlawful speech are blurring at the speed of a keystroke. Um, and you just said uh, his, you know, a must cause may excite those who think Twitter's users should be able to tweet whatever they want without the threat of suspension or removal from the platform. But his view of free speech collides with the reality of radicalization. Um, and as you just said, talking about what's legal, I mean, Explain this to me. When when the FBI gets involved, for instance, Frank, I mean, Trump was thrown off Twitter because he incited violence that actually occurred on the 6th. So now Musk is saying, oh, I'm going to let him back on Twitter. Well, just this weekend, he retweeted a tweet calling for civil war. Did I, I don't know if you, if you saw this over the weekend. I did see it. Frank, at what point do you get a visit from the FBI? At what point is it fire in a crowded theater? Well, this is this is the dilemma we're facing and why I'm so focused not only on the law enforcement solution, which which is barely there, but rather the social media regulation and the need for the platforms to step up and take responsibility, because the FBI law enforcement cannot simply be everywhere at every time, nor do we want them to be right. We don't want a George Orwell 1984, where literally every conversation you have is being monitored. And so it almost is to the point where, from a lawful perspective, there has to be violence articulated and violence. You you have to be on your way to the to the shooting for a prosecutor to say, we've got a, a violation. Let's get in there. The problem, of course, is you're just cleaning up the wreckage afterwards. So when it comes to known chat rooms that are all about violence, yes, in undercover agents, informants can be developed. But you know that from Walmart shooter to Pittsburgh synagogue uh, shooter to the Charleston uh, church shooter, we can't get in there fast enough. And yes, we have to balance free speech yeah. with the need for security. But but the, the platforms can do it, Stephanie, with algorithms. They do it now. Yeah. They need to get better at the algorithms that signal generically this person in this place is is saying things that sound like violence. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, 
You made a great point in this in one part of your piece. You said it almost doesn't matter whether Musk knowingly intends to turn Twitter into an even more harmful platform for rat, rapid rat, radicalization, or as some believe he's perilously, perilously naive to the threat and uh, uh, oblivious to the gray area between benign speech and clear violations of law, such as direct threats of violence or threats to life. Musk's definition of free speech doesn't come with any responsibility. That makes him the wrong person to lead a social media platform. I mean, particularly... Now, like, I feel like we've been getting this warning for years, haven't we? That domestic terrorism is our, that violent right-wing white supremacist terrorism is our number one threat. And it's just, it, it, go ahead, yeah. It, it's not going, it's not going to get better soon. Look, where where did uh, CPAC hold their, their conference over the weekend? In Hungary. <laughs> Why did they choose Hungary? They are headed toward authoritarianism and racism. Uh, Trump actually spoke on the same stage that an invited known neo-Nazi racist was invited to speak at CPAC, um, who has spouted vile, vile hatred toward blacks and Jews. This is our Republican Party right now. So if you think it's going to get better without regulation of social media, you're, you're wrong. And so Tucker Carlson every night on television saying free speech, free speech, I can say whatever I want. Um, is ex- that's a deliberate attempt to to hurt people, in my opinion. He's just asking questions, Frank. <laughs> yeah, entertainment. I mean, I, yeah, but you pointed it out on Twitter. House passes legislation aimed at curbing domestic terrorism in the wake of Buffalo. You just said one Republican voted for it. That's the problem. We have one party because it, 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 this is their base that will not admit it, not admit we well, have well, a problem, I mean, not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. If you thought I was worked up this morning, I'm now even more worked up because you've mentioned this sham domestic terrorism thing that that happened in the House. Um, Understand something that here's what this regulation says. The FBI shall open a domestic terrorism uh, office and so should DOJ and they should collect data and tell us how bad it is. Um, The FBI and DOJ already have domestic terrorism units. They don't need any more. Um, they already do reports. This is sham window dressing. And by the way, it still won't get through the Senate. So yeah. we still have, here's my drumbeat, we still don't have a domestic terrorism law. We still haven't made domestic terrorism illegal in the United States. Right. Um, finally, just a glimmer of hope. Let's end on this. You said, uh, you explained uh, last week's report of a grand jury investigating 15 boxes of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, maybe more than you think. Um, I remember when that seemed like that was a big deal of some sort dealing not just classified but top secret classified material what's going to happen with that frank yeah so we have we have a separate grand jury sitting uh to figure out what happened with those boxes that ended up at mar-a-lago and and here's why that's important um a lot of people even pundits i work with on on uh, television saying hey this is just a damage assessment they're just trying to figure out what happened with this with the documents no a grand jury is convened when there's reason to believe that a crime may have been committed it's yeah. not a, a damage assessment or an administrative exercise so what could happen here we're going to find out why those documents, why those specific documents. And you know what the New York Times has reported already before they left the White House. Do you know what part of the White House those documents were sitting in? The residence. So why are 15 boxes of documents, including top secret, sitting in the residence? How is Trump going to claim that's an, a clerical mistake or a packing mistake? Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. I think here, here's a hunch. I think there was method to the madness. I, I don't think those are 15 boxes of random documents. I think they're selected documents 
And I think it's possible, and this grand jury could determine, that they had personal or professional value to Trump or his family. Oh, my God. That's the next thing we're going to find, because he sold them to somebody. <laughs> okay. I remember when, uh, I don't know, there was some lady at maybe IT practice where she missed a couple of small C classified things inadvertently by, by mistake. And then that would be deliberately stealing 15 boxes of toxic. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. Funny and ah, we're almost in fascist autocracy. Kind of funny. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime, <laughs> Stephanie. Always a pleasure. Across California, school food professionals are using their skills to develop recipes that incorporate fresher ingredients and more scratch cooking. Learn how they're cooking up change at schoolfoodpros.org. Grant provided by California Community College's Chancellor's Office.